You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. This week, I haven't really enjoyed being a Christian. Notice how that intro is not great, you know, if you're being nice to me. I really have enjoyed being a Christian. In fact, it's been very frustrating to me to call myself an evangelical. If you don't know what evangelical is, that's what we are, okay? It's been frustrating to me because we're losing our minds over a Grammy performance. We're losing our mind because someone who does not believe what we believe, if you listen to their music, if you listen to their songs, they don't believe in anything. They don't stand for anything that we stand. And we're shocked that he gets up there and dresses like the devil. And we lose our mind like that deserves some of our energy. But meanwhile, Maverick City is getting up and accepting their award saying, hey, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. And we don't lose our mind for that. Not to mention there was an earthquake in Turkey and thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people are dying. And all we care about is a Grammy performance. Heaven forbid Rihanna tonight does something out of, out of the box or we're just going to lose our mind over that. Guys, I think sometimes we think that we are called to set the world straight. When guys, all we really need to work on is ourselves. You know, my mom always said... If you don't have anything nice to say, especially when you live in a glass house, you know, we, we, we don't have all of our stuff together, so maybe we should focus on getting our stuff together, then we can tell the world what they need to do. Guys, often we carry things that we're not meant to carry. There's some things that I can assure you today. One thing that I can assure you is you are not God. Thus, you are not the Holy Spirit. It is not your job to convict. It is not your job to come in way of condemnation. One day we will all have to stand before the Lord. And the Lord is going to say, John, what did you do? The Lord's not going to ask John, John, did you say anything about Sam Smith's Grammy performance? He's not going to ask John about that. He's going to ask John how he led his family, how he walked, how he, how he lived for the kingdom. He's going to ask him about that. So stop worrying about sideways energy and focus on what the Lord would have you to do today. The way that we are called, the way that we define ourselves, the way that we, we separate ourselves from the world is in one word. It's a four-letter word, and it's not the one you're thinking of. It's love. It's love. There is nothing loving about us this week. Nothing. And then we're just like, I just don't know why people don't come to church today. It's just a great mystery to me. I mean, I just want to throw my microphone at you. Like, I'm not wearing it today, so I can throw this one at you. So the other one doesn't hurt too much, but this one might. Guys, we must remain focused on what God is calling us to do because we have enough to deal with. 
We need to stay in our lane. Guys, sometimes as Christians, we're really good at eating our own. When we're all on the same team, we need each other. We need to lift each other up. We need to love each other. There's much bigger things going on in the world than the Super Bowl tonight. You know, I, I got the, the privilege to go and see Turkey, and it's not a shock to me why there's thousands of people that are dying. That's what needs our attention. Not a bunch of, not a bunch of grown boys that are putting on pads tonight going to knock each other's brains out. That's, there's more important things. And yes, I'll be watching. <laughs> but when the game's over, my focus is going to be on saving the lost. And that's what we need to focus on. So the title of my message today, if you're taking notes, is how do we deal with sin in this crazy world? How do we deal with sin in this crazy world? And if ever you needed it, you need to scan the QR code there in the chair in front of you, download the Church Center app. You don't necessarily need what's up on the screen because it's on your phone, okay? I pray that you will follow along in the notes. If you flip over to Facebook, I pray that you turn into a pillar of salt. If someone next to you turns into a pillar of salt, just don't worry about it. We'll just keep preaching, okay? Not a, not a problem at all. Uh, so I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, and if this is your first time with us at Hope Church, we're not always this grumpy. Uh, we are some of the time, but, you know, not always. So go out there and see them out at the, the Welcome Center. They've got a gift for you. It is a red Hope Church tumbler. Tumbler is a fancy word for cup. Uh, I was told it was a tumbler, not a cup. Uh, so go see that. Also, on the second time, they've got a Hope Church t-shirt for you. Third time, we've got an invite to our Hope Connect class. Our next Hope Connect class is taking place on April 23rd, right after Easter. And if you saw or were paying attention this week, did you notice we made rather a large announcement this week? We are going to do year three. Year three at Easter at the Depot. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. It's going to be great. But I want you to consider three things. Number one, would you pray for the weather? Every year we have freeze our our heinies, as my mom would say, off. Uh, and, and we really could use some good weather this year. We've seen some really good crowds despite the weather, uh, but I truly believe that we uh, could see. The second thing I want you to consider is this is the day that all of your lost friends will probably come to church. Okay, so consider inviting someone that you know to come to church because last year, about 50% of all of our salvations for the year happened on Easter. We had about 47 people raise their hands for Jesus at the depot. And the third thing I want you to consider, and it's my birthday, so you can't be mad at me, okay? The third thing is, I want you to consider that Easter's not about you. If you believe in Jesus, Easter's not about you. When you leave the service and you go to your grandma's house, she can, she can, she can love on you, give you a hug, and my grandma gets me the Easter, uh, the Easter Reese's eggs, because those are the best. Uh, there's no other Reese's that's the same. It's just the perfect combination of Easter, of chocolate and peanut butter. Anyway, uh, just so you know. But that's not, that's, it could be about you when you go to grandma's house. Let the depot be about somebody else. That's the biggest day that we have. That's the biggest inflow of people that, that are going to come into one place at one time. Consider that Easter's not about you.
I know it's easy for us. We want to dress up and get our photo ops and, and all that kind of stuff. Guys, this is the day that we shine the brightest. So we will shine even brighter with your help. So would you consider, would you consider making Easter not about you this year and make it about Jesus? Because it's not about an Easter bunny. It's about an empty tomb. Amen. Amen. So let's get into it. Uh, get, get in the church center app. You don't need the notes on the screen. They'll get it figured out. Uh, they may not. And if they don't, we got it. How do we deal with sin in this crazy world? It's going to be found in John chapter eight. If you want to follow along in your Bible, I will be there all day today. So John chapter eight, starting at verse one, it says they went each to his own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. I always wondered, anybody ever wonder, why did they just bring the woman? Was there not a guy there with her? I mean, you know, it's fine. You know, and placing her in the midst of them, they said, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? This they said to test him, that they might have some charges to bring against him. Je Jesus bent down and wrote with his fingers on the ground, and they continued to ask him, and he stood up and said, key verse here, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Let him who is among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone a stone at her. So how do we deal with sin in this crazy world? The first thing we've got to do is walk in, number one, humility. Humility. Jesus, notice, he doesn't deny that the woman is guilty under the law of Moses and she is deserving to be stoned. He's not denying that. But what he says is, what do you have in your life? In fact, these are the religious people. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get Jesus to go against the law of Moses. Because if Jesus goes against the law of Moses, then they'll have charges against him and they can either arrest him or put him to death. That's what they're trying to because Jesus was a nuisance to them at this point. I, guys, I think that we think it's our job to make someone else pay for the wrong that they've done in their life. Why have we gotten so off track that we think that we are in the place of God and that we are in the place to bring condemnation on someone else. But what did Jesus do here? He pushes back. He says, let the one who's without sin, or the way I, I memorized it, it was in the NIV, let ye who's without sin cast the first stone. Guys, I think sometimes we rank things, we rank sins, and we think some sins, other sins, are deserving of a far greater punishment than other. What we have to understand is sin is sin. You know, I would say, you know, we like to rank, well, if someone murders someone, that's far greater than someone that is a glutton. That might be true but it's only in the consequences. There's far greater consequences for someone that murders someone else than someone else that's a glutton. Someone that's a glutton is really murdering themselves over a slow period of time. But we want to rank things 
and put our place in God and it will put ourselves in God's place and say, God, this person deserves more punishment than me. When all sin separates us from God, all, any sin in our life separates us from God. And that's when we need the grace and love of Jesus. There is no one among us that is righteous, your pastor included, not one of us. We all need his grace, but yet somehow we've gotten off track and we're shocked when we don't do what Jesus tells us to do as the church. We're shocked that people are frustrated with the church as a whole. We don't walk for what we stand for, so why are we surprised? So Jesus continues in verse 8. says, and once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. Notice, the older ones had enough wisdom first to know, you know, I need to get this figured out. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing there. Guys, the second thing that we must do is we've got to drop the rock. We've got to drop the rock. A popular belief amongst religious scholars, now I'm not saying this is what the word of the Lord says, this is an opinion, okay? A popular belief amongst scholars is that what Jesus was actually bending down in the sand to write, he was actually writing the sins of the people that were around him. Because remember, we have to understand, Jesus was fully God and fully man. At this point, he was being fully God. He understood. He knew the sins that were in each one of their lives. And he wasn't saying it out loud. He was writing it in the sand. And as they saw, they began to walk away. Guys, what if we gave the people around us the same amount of grace as we expect someone to have on us? What if we gave everybody else the same amount of grace that we expected people to have for us? You know, some of you are terrible drivers. You run over curbs. I see you. You don't know that the left lane is for fast people, not for people that go the speed limit. Okay, if you, you just want to go the speed limit, the right lane is for you. Amen? Amen? Come on. You're going to preach with me or not? Uh, okay? Uh, but, but some of you say, oh, well, people will just understand that I'm not in a hurry. No, we don't understand that. You need to get moving. Okay? <laughs> right? But we expect on the road someone else, when we mess up and we cut them off and go, sorry, hey, sorry, hey. You know, I did that the other day. And then my son goes, hey, dad, uh, that guy's uh, pointing the middle finger at you. I'm like... <sighs> Thanks, bro. Appreciate you. I gave him the I gave him the sorry wave, and he gave me the I'm really mad at you wave. Uh, <laughs> but we expect I I expect him to give me grace. But when somebody cuts me off, what am I doing? What the heck? Right? And I have a Hope Church sticker on the back of my truck, so I don't throw the finger. Right? Uh, you know, I wouldn't do it anyway. I wouldn't do it anyway. <laughs> I would not do that anyway. I will honk, and I will fly by you with a Hope Church sticker on, but, uh, you know, <laughs> that's why I don't put my face so they can't find me. Uh, <laughs> but we expect others to be understanding of us, but when it's our turn to be understanding, there's no grace. 
Guys, we have to be willing to extend as much grace to other people as we expect ourselves. But guys, if we continue to just go at the world and go at the world and go at the world, when the world acts like the world, all it does is just weigh us down and we can't get anything done. Guys, we have so many good things that we could be doing that are deserving of our energy, but yet we're worried about someone that does not confess what we believe acting a fool in the Grammys. Why are we surprised? Let me, let me prep you. Rihanna might do something crazy tonight. Don't be surprised. She's not going to get up there and go, Behold, he comes riding on the clouds. You know, you know that song? She's going to get up there, You could stand under my umbrella. And that's what she's going to do. And she's going to move her hips better than I do, right? Because <laughs> I'm an old white guy, right? Just right here. Just stay right here. You know, just stay right here. I got that. I got the dad sway down, right? <laughs> Last night, my kids are so funny. We were at the, uh, we went to the Magic Time Machine. Anybody ever been with the Magic Time Machine? And I'm, I've now escalated to the point to where I embarrass my children. Uh, Spider Man was waiting on us, and I said, "Thanks, Peter Parker." And I was like, "Dude." His name is Miles Morales. It is not Peter Parker. I'm like, the only Morales I know is Josh Morales. I don't, what? And he's even embarrassed now. He's even embarrassed now. But, you know, but, guys, we're worried about everybody else's lawn. We want to sit back and say, well, you got weeds in your lawn. You got weeds in your grass. But, we don't take time to water our own grass. Guys, right now, the church's yard's a mess, figuratively, not literally. Our guys do a good job of taking care of our lawn. But the church's lawn is a mess. And we need to focus on getting back to keeping the main thing the main thing and stop worrying, stop being surprised when the world acts like the world. Just love them. Eventually, the Holy Spirit will get, get in their heart and work on them. And if, it, and if they don't, that's not up to you. It doesn't matter. They have free will just like you have free will. They have the same free will that you chose God. God gave us the same free will to reject him. And we shouldn't be surprised. Because if you read the scriptures, things are going to get a whole lot worse before they get a whole lot better. The last part, verse 10. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, this is the key of the whole thing right here. Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus didn't leave her with, neither do I condemn you. He says, go and sin no more. The third thing is, we've got to walk in freedom. We've got to walk in freedom. Maybe you've, you've been those keyboard warriors this week just saying, I can't believe this is going on. Put it down. Walk in freedom. All that's doing is just put unnecessarily unneeded burdens on your life. Walk in freedom. Let it go. Quit worrying about it. Just go out and love someone in the name of Jesus. But Jesus had every right to throw a stone at her. But what did he tell her? I don't condemn you. Now you know better, so do better. 
You don't have condemnation, so stop putting that condemnation on you. Guys, you can't control what other people do. You can't control what's going on in this world around you. But if we hold on to that, if we hold on to that, that offense, if we get so frustrated, if we, if every time something goes wrong in the world, we got to hit social media to worry about it. All it does is distract us. And listen, Satan is the number one deceiver. He can even deceive us with good things. Standing up for what you believe in. He can deceive us and getting off, get us off path when Jesus said, neither, I, neither do I condemn you. Now notice, he's fully God and fully man. Only God can say, now go and sin no more. If you'll notice, the world is not asking for our opinion. They're not. And so we've got to stop giving un, uh, unsolicited opinions. Because when you give unsolicited opinions, then it is criticism, not constructive. Now, if somebody asks you, hey, what's your opinion on this? You're free to give it in a loving way. But guess what? They're not asking for our opinion. They don't want our opinion. And it shouldn't surprise us. But I guarantee you, if we will show them the right way to live, they will find something appealing about your life that they don't have. So guys, Jesus came to bring us freedom. Stop putting yourself in bondage. Stop putting yourself in bondage. So guys and gals, I want you to hear this today. I don't care what happened last night. You could still be drunk off your mind walking into the room today. Some of you might joke and say, well, pastor, I can't walk into the church doors because the, the church is going to catch on fire. Don't worry about it. We, good, we got good fire insurance, all right? And if the church was going to catch on fire because of some sinners, it would have caught on fire a whole long time ago. Amen? Because we're all sinners. But guys, Jesus wants you to come home today. He wants you to come home. He wants you to be a part of this family. Guys, unfortunately, sometimes this family is a dysfunctional family. We're just like any family. There's dysfunction in all families. But God wants you to come home and be a part of his family today. So stop letting the devil tell you how you're not good enough. Stop letting the devil tell you how you can't do this, you can't do that. Guys, one thing I read consistently in the scripture is God calls us to do something before he ever equips us to do it so that we know once we do it, it's him doing it, not us. So just be a willing vessel, willing to allow God to move in your life today. So what are our transformational moments today? How do we land this plane? If you're new here, I'm not always this agitated. Well, kind of. But especially after this week, weeks like this, I know some of you are on Facebook going, oh, we're going to hear this from Pastor Todd. I knew. It's okay. You, you know me about now. But what are our transformational moments? Number one, do you need to give, give the grace you expect? Do you need to give the grace that you expect? If you're the one that's constantly going, oh, so-and-so will understand. Oh, so-and-so will understand. You need to start being understanding. Start being understanding. Start giving grace. This world around us needs some grace. What they need to know is that someone loves them. 
Because I got news for you. Someone loved you before you deserved it. I'm not saying the world is deserving of our love, but neither were we. Neither were we. we weren't deserving of God's grace on our lives. Number two, do you need to drop the rock? Guys, I think this, this needs to be a mantra for us. When we stop worrying about, when we start worrying about things that we don't need to worry about, we need to start dropping the rock. It's not up for us. This isn't up for us. And sometimes it's a minute by minute, second by second thing. I got to drop the rock. You know, if Rihanna makes a fool of herself tonight during the Super Bowl halftime show, what do I got to do? I got to drop the rock. It's not up to me. But I think as the church as a whole, we're spending more time picking up more rocks. And all those rocks do. We just keep picking them up. We just keep picking them up. We just keep picking up. What do they do? They weigh us down. And we're no longer able to do what God has called us to do because we've got all these rocks that we have to carry. Drop the rock. And I'm not talking about the pro wrestler. Number three. Just making sure you're paying attention. Are you ready to walk in freedom? Are you ready to walk in freedom? Guys, I'm under no illusion that everybody in this place knows Jesus. In fact, we gave an invitation first service and a lady accepted Jesus in the first service. And if she's the only one, that's great, but statistics would tell me there's more. And I want you to hear this today. I don't care how you came into this place. You know, you may have some bumps. You may have some bruises. You may, have, you may feel like church people have been kind of mean to you. Hey, welcome. Church people have been kind of mean to me too. As church people, unfortunately, I wish we'd get better. But hey, if you'll be a part of this family, you can help me make it better. Because I think we're on the right track. If we'll just keep the main thing, the main thing. But I want to encourage you today. Jesus wants a relationship with you. I don't know where you came from. I don't know what you did last night. I don't really care. What I do know is Jesus went to the cross to die for you. He thought of you as he was on the cross. He, he forgave all of your sins before you even committed them. And he loves you. He says, now you know better. Go and sin no more. Jesus wants a relationship with you today. So I'm going to ask our sound team to dim the lights. If you're sitting there today, you're like, Pastor, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. I want to be a part of the family. Guys, there's, there's no magic formula to do it. We, we, we say it as a prayer, but there's nothing magical about this prayer. What, what is magical is what is going on inside your heart. I truly believe if you mean the words that we are about to pray, that you will begin a relationship with God. And guys, this is just step one. You were just beginning. This is your birthday. Happy birthday. This is just step one. You got the rest of your life to live. So if everybody would bow their head and close their eyes. If you're sitting there today and you're like, Pastor, I, I want to begin a relationship with Jesus. I'm about to say a prayer. And you can repeat after me. You don't have to say it out loud. Just say it quietly there where you are to yourself. It's just between you and the Lord. But repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need your love in my life. Forgive me where I failed you. I give my life to you. 
take my life. Use it for your purpose. In Jesus' name.